big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. This is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And you haven't heard from us for quite a long while. If you're listening in real time, we are in July 2020. What a big year this is. Uh, we felt called to take a quite a pause over, we're both in Australia, so uh, that's also winter here, but after... Black Lives Matter really took center stage in the way it's um, so been needing to for centuries and all the other things that have been going on around the pandemic uh, and various other projects we're doing. Leo, of course, is uh, creating a school, just a tiny little thing. <laughs> I've had uh, another project. So we really had a, a strong sense of um, taking a little pause, having a little um, time for everything to settle and for us to come fresh in. We could call this series two, couldn't we? Or, yes. or yeah. the Aware Parenting Podcast 2.0, maybe something like that. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's been a really interesting time, isn't it? Because many times, I guess, over the last six, seven weeks, we've gone, oh, we should do something. We should, let's do one. And it just has never felt right, has it, for both of us? And I think because there has been so much going on in the world, it has been really good to be very reflective around where that sits in our own lives and where everybody else is at. And well, for me at least, it's really made me think about what do I have to offer and how can I be of service to people and what am I teaching my children? And it's been a really, really interesting time of reflection for me personally, for sure. And, you know, right now as we're recording this, you know, I'm, I'm in Melbourne. We've gone back down to some lockdown for this whole COVID-19 thing. And as I just shared with Marion before, it's brought up lots of feelings for me at this time. And and really being able to sit with what comes up for people. And, and you know, it's very polarising, people's opinions on things. And, you know, the world feels in a bit of a state of chaos at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, I've never, I don't ever remember living through a time quite like this where it is all around the globe, where there is a lot of mistrust going on, where there is so much fear on the planet around what's happening, where people are are being pushed deeply to their edges, whether it's because you have to stay home with your kids Mm. and school them at home, whether it's you've lost your job, whether it's um, your business has fallen over, whether you are ill. Like it just, it's a deeply, deeply confronting time for a lot of people. And um, yeah, I think in the middle of the chaos, there is a lot that we can learn. And I think there is, you know, I always sit in the place of there's always beauty, no matter what's going on. And where is that beauty sitting for me, for my family? What has this taught us? What is this showing me the good and, and uh, the bits that I don't love? So it's been, it's been very deep, actually, and very reflective. Yeah, and I feel like I haven't even actually had the words to speak about it, really. I've been listening to a lot of people's feelings on it just through counselling that I've been doing. And, and yeah, similar themes popping up for so many people. So it's a really very interesting time to be alive. 
Mm, and I think I, I really um, resonate with what you say about so many different perspectives. I think what I've been doing is really in the in the project I've been with is really seeing and exploring consciousness and how how differently we can each experience the world and um, our own lives and the lenses through which we see what's happening. And to me, it seems like that's becoming clearer and clearer how how differently each of us can perceive the same event and I think that's what I'm really curious about and of course from an aware parenting perspective we are you know it's a particular lens through which we see the world through which we see children but actually on a much bigger picture level it's how we um, understand our true nature as human beings and um, you know, our relationship with the world. So what we felt called today to do was to offer this topic, parenting as activism, because as people like Lloyd DeMals have shown and Robin Grill, that um, parenting and cultural shift go hand in hand. And I think often this isn't really recognized in our culture. And I think everyone, not everyone, a lot of people tend to think, oh, it's politics or it's big business that, uh, you know, that create big change. But as, as those two authors have both found is that whenever there was a, a really big shift in consciousness, we could say, or in um, uh, actual the way people lived their lives it was always preceded by a shift in um, parenting in how um, children were perceived and treated so if we're um, particularly if you're experiencing powerlessness for example seeing what's happening in in politics or in if you're in a, a place in the world where you are in lockdown or if you're a place in the world where masks are being mandated uh, I think it can be really helpful to find the places where actually we do have a lot of power and agency and influence and to actually really understand that parenting is one of those really profound places is to really reclaim that deep sense of agency and autonomy and choice that we do have. Because I think the way I see it is that the domination paradigm and colonization tries to... Um, tries to kind of trick us into believing that we don't have power agency autonomy agency and when we find all the ways that we actually do have that i think that's where profound um, shifts can happen so i guess from my perspective that's what i would love to offer today is the ways in which um, if you as a parent if you're the listener you're a parent or your work with parents or your grandparent or on auntie and uncle that the way the way that we're responding to children the way that we're perceiving children uh, has a really profound impact on the bigger picture what we're seeing in this world and we so we really want to acknowledge all that you're doing and the power of that it's really really powerful important what you're doing as a as a child a person who cares for children or a child Yes, I, I second and love all of that. I, you know, what I'm thinking about as you're talking is that um, I had a beautiful parent in my last We're Parenting Immersion group. So we, we go through kind of eight weeks of unpacking all our kind of stories and imprints and stuff. And, and this beautiful mum in the group, you know, really started to begin to see that so many of the imprints she carried from childhood were just playing out now in her life and, and that she had power in how she could actually choose to keep carrying them on or to make a change or to see where that served her or where it didn't serve her and all that kind of stuff and what I loved so much to me at one point 
Um, I'm just realizing that this is the story that I've been carrying. So as I look around the world or look around my streets or go down to the local supermarket, everybody's walking around with their trauma and their story and they're just bouncing off each other. And I was like, yes, on some level, that's what we're doing. And, and here's where we all have this, this opportunity to, to look at what we keep carrying forward and placing on the shoulders of our children. And, you know, we, we talk about this a lot from aware parenting that our children's natural state is, is pure, is that they are enough. They are born enough. They are incredible beings that are love and their, their state of who they are is kindness and connection and beauty and all those kind of things. And, as we don't get our needs met, as we have pain, as we um, as we don't have the attachments that we need, as life sometimes treats us in unfair ways and we don't have the tools or the opportunity or the support to unpack that, we become harder, we create internal voices that are often very critical and then we move through into the adult years carrying off and all those stories and then our children come along and then do we, do we keep repeating those patterns? And... You know, even though I know this because we've been doing this work for a long time and when my beautiful client said that to me, almost with fresh eyes for the first time, I it really, you know, struck me again another chord of, gosh, so much of the work here in changing the world is in our own backyard. It is always in our own backyard. It is us internally around where we sit, our how we feel about ourselves, our connection to ourselves of from simple things of, can we have compassion for ourselves or do we move into harsh judgment when we don't get something right? Or when, you know, we, when our kids are acting up, do we make it our fault? You know, if only I was a better parent, they wouldn't do this from those kind of harsh inner voices to the way we respond to our partners or the way we respond to our children to being willing to lean into the stuff that's uncomfortable and unpack it and do the work to be brave enough to change it so that we are creating almost, you know, I just not a clean slate, but we are creating something for our children where they don't have to carry so much of the heavy legacies from our lineage forward, where they are free to be the full expression of themselves. Because as we've talked about so many times in this podcast, kids want to feel connected to us. They want to be in alignment. They want to be kind. They, they want to help others. That, that, that is our true nature of all of us. And when we give them the opportunity to do that, then incredible things can happen, I believe, on the planet. And so I, I just so deeply see, as you said before, Marion, that so much of the change that we need in the world starts from the moment we conceive our babies from the way they're born, the way they're treated, the way women who are pregnant are treated, the way we treat her when we birth, no matter how we choose to birth, but treat her with kindness and respect and holding that delicate postpartum period where, you know, a family is becoming new for the first time. How do we hold them and support them so they can find their way, they can all, you know, bond and fall in love with each other. And then those early years of, of raising kids, which can be so exhausting and can be so lonely sometimes how do we increase or change you know our communities and and our world so that we can support parents to raise children to be the fullest potential of who they are because as we've talked about before when we look at what's happening in the world and we look at a lot of our world leaders they are often humans who appear to be deeply damaged you know and in their child self not so much the empowered adult self not all leaders but a lot of them 
anyway, this isn't a political, <laughs> this isn't a political podcast, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's often what we say. So I think, you know, it almost makes me emotional sometimes when I think about the world can feel incredibly hard and particularly at the moment for a lot of people, but I have, have faith in, in what we can do with parenting and what we can bring to it to make a change for the world. Mm, I hear how touched you are as you connect with that. <laughs> mm. Actually, I want to even invite a little pause here to, to, for the listeners as well to connect in. How do you feel when you, when you hear that, when you hear Lael speaking those words, to really let that sink in that rather than as our culture seems to um to tell us that parenting is kind of this thing to do on the side it's not really that important it's kind of a you know less important than many things to actually turn everything on its head to see these are some of the most powerful things that we can do the way we are with our children as they're growing up profoundly impacts their self-relationship their relationship with others the way they perceive the world their capacity to be you know, to be able to really contribute to the world. We need, we really need, don't we? We need a lot of young people to be able to think creatively, to be able to think for themselves, to be able to really give their gifts to the world. And so, you know, to me, that's one of the most important things to be doing at the moment. And of course, in order to be able to do that, we need to have um, a certain level of capacity within ourselves cannot do that if we are stretched to the brim if uh, you know we're treating ourselves really harshly you know whatever the things are it actually requires quite a lot from us to be able to to respond to children and young people with respect and compassion and listening and deep trust in who they really are and what they're here to bring to the world so it really comes back to that doesn't it how how can we be more compassionate with ourselves? How can we do our own inner listening and our own lineage work in order to be able to um, to be with our children and young people in ways that help them f be free to go and do what's required for the next generation to to bring about big changes in the world, which seems to be what's being really called for, isn't it? It's like <laughs> 2020 is the year of what are we going to do? Are we going to... We're going to shift consciousness, or we're we going to keep going down the domination colonization path because it's not looking so good. That that path is it, mm. the old path. It's definitely not, and I think it's um, it, you know fear. Fear definitely is a wonderful way to control people, you know. And I think that um, you know when we look again at a bigger picture of of what is happening on the planet and you know if we bring it back to our own little houses again we get to choose i love this saying we choose love or fear in in any situation you know whether we are going to choose to buy into um however that may look you know in your world or whatever your big fears are around but what if you chose love and what if you came back to what you do know as your truth? And what if you kept being brave enough to move towards what love could look like and how that could look in your own family or in your own world, whether that is, you know, doing a job or following a passion that you haven't yet got, to, you know, you've been too scared to do, or whether it's, you know, 
leaving a relationship that doesn't serve you, whether it's, I don't know, there's so many different things and what that looks like for people. But, you know, we often so, so stay stuck in our stories because even though they might not serve us, we, at least we know them. And, you know, I think in this time of great unknown, sometimes it really pushes up, well, you know, all of the foundations that we often base our security on or false sense of security on are really rocky right now. So what could you do, you know, to start living more for who you need to be? Mm, And I'm really seeing that in all the people I'm connecting with and working with is that is really that there's that invitation, isn't it, to see this as a time to... um, as compassionately as we can to, to really attend to what's showing up in ways that allow us to keep on becoming more who we really are. And that's such an, a, an amazing time for that. And I've seen so many people um, exactly do, do the things that they've been longing to do for years. You know, so many people I've talked to, you know, I've been wanting to I really wanted, it's my third child. I've been, I always wanted a home birth. I'm doing it this time. <laughs> or, you know, I've always wanted to homeschool. I'm doing it now. Or I've always wanted to go and write that book or, um, or um, take my business online. I mean, all these things that have actually been facilitated, of course, by these things, but I'm, I'm really seeing from so many people just this, um, okay, time is now, the time is now. And that might be you know, some really um, rethinking about perhaps how your family setup has been or what you've done around your parenting or you know, whatever it is for each of us in our family lives, in our callings in all the things it's like well, how do you really want your life to be how do you want your ch- children's lives to be how can you actually use this time as an opportunity to pause and reflect and and make big changes i've really experienced that for myself and pretty much everyone i've spoken to it's you know, it's an amazing opportunity mm, yeah i really love that and i think it's never too late it's never ever 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 too late to start asking yourself the question i think feather agrees with us here. Never Marian's barks, dogs. but he's out. He's out there going. Rah, rah, rah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, I think that is that's really important too, isn't it? That those those pieces of well, it's never too late to actually go. Well, where am I? And what are we doing here? And does this work for us, or does this serve me? Or if if I you know didn't care what other people think, what would I do? You know, where would I go? Where would I move within this now? Because, you know, I think we so often get so stuck in our stories and don't even realise that we're in there. And, you know, it's interesting too when, you know, the Black Lives Matters stuff that was happening um, all over the world and and it was really challenging, I think, sitting there. Um, I know this came up for a lot of people, knowing the right thing to say, what's the right thing to do. You know, it was a really interesting time of how do we support this cause, you know, especially um, being a white privileged female. I sat there going, oh, I don't know how to help. What can I do within this? And and I found it really challenging to find my way or my place through that. And I have to keep coming back to going, well, um, you know, I really want to listen to what they have to say and listen to where that has been for them as far as oppression and what has gone on for so, so long and what needs to to be changed. And I kept coming back to myself going, well, what can I do here? And, that you know, there's little bits and pieces I can do, but I thought, well, what I can do is build a school where we teach children different ways of loving and being and deep acceptance and understanding and and that's what I'm going to keep doing to to create more change for many many causes for all different things for the bigger picture of the world 
and you know have the opportunity to build this school to to make an impact and hopefully create many more so that we can educate children in a way that can allow that creativity and passion and love of learning to be alive and and you know just find a new foundation of a new way to do it and um you know, that's what I can do, but it doesn't, you don't need to do something like that. It, I think, again, it comes back to what do we do in our own family? What are the conversations we have with our children? How much do we listen? How safe do we make it for them to tell us how they feel? All those beautiful, juicy, amazing things that sometimes we don't even realise we're doing in our family is part of this activism of creating change for the world. Mm, because external oppression oppression in the world begins with the oppression of children i mean if children are given plenty of autonomy and choice their needs for agency are met and their their natural beautiful normal feelings of outrage and frustration their tantrums are heard so they really have that intact capacity to take action and to speak up and to say no when it's a no and yes when it's a yes i mean that's i mean oppression really couldn't exist in the world if all children were treated like that i mean that's where it comes from is is power over in families and we get as you said we get uh leaders in inverted commas who are acting from extreme positions of powerlessness from their little parts of them which mean they need to use extreme power over others in order to to try and trying to repair what they experience as little children so again parenting and and meeting needs for agency and autonomy and choice and respect and consideration listening to the no hearing the tantrums hearing the outreach hearing the frustration that in itself we change we change the paradigm we cannot um, a domination system cannot exist if all children are treated like that i mean that in itself is like you know how powerful do you feel then to know that Perhaps if you, your child today has a tantrum and you listen or you um, you listen to them when they say no and have a conversation with them or you offer them, if you have a three-year-old, you offer them which toothbrush they want, you know, whatever level this is, that you're, by listening to your child's um, what I call will needs, that's, that makes a difference. When they grow up, that makes a difference to what they bring to the world. And how amazing is that? there's two things I'm thinking about as you're talking one I'm laughing because as you're talking about that I'm going imagine imagine if we all walked around the world and we had these little signs above our head um so that every time we got we got tapped into our feelings that were unmet or or hurts or pains it said five-year-old nine-year-old three seven (laughs) are you having a discussion with your partner seven three two one four (laughs) Talking to all the politicians, talking in the in the House of Commons or whatever it is, wherever whichever country you're in. A three, two, three. It's my yellow truck. No, it's my yellow truck. No, I want the yellow truck. No, you can't have it. I got it first. <laughs> oh my god, how funny would it be? Because we would just be like, oh, look at all the childhood parts of this stuff coming out. I know that would be really funny, wouldn't it? Um, we can do it. We like can imagine that. it. Uh, when it's well yeah i know but wouldn't it be even better if it was it would just be even highlighted <laughs> so then we could then we could really see i guess people who have uh, you know are, are, are coming from a place i guess of having done the work and really that embodied empowered leader i think which is what the world deeply needs is is that i know it's quite funny isn't it um okay. can i, I actually was, add something there is that yeah. which again to me is colonization and the domination system that in, in indigenous cultures mm. who 
who is the one that holds the space and makes the decisions or brings the community in? It's the elders. It's not yes. some elected official who's yes. often, I would say, in politics, it's often the people that want to have the most power, probably the least one, the ones we go, no, no, no. It's probably the ones that are like, no, I'm just here doing my own thing. They're probably the ones that are the most helpful leaders. Mm -hmm. It's yes. the elders in all indigenous cultures. It's the right. elders who have life experience, who have shown particular aptitude or they're chosen in certain whichever ways that culture chooses them those are the people i mean whoever thought that i mean of course this system wasn't thought up to, to provide the most helpful outcomes it's it's um just you know of course it doesn't work <laughs> it was never really meant to <laughs> yeah the other thing i was thinking about um as you were talking was um you know we talk so much in aware parenting about holding space for our kids to process things that are tricky and challenging and so they don't have to carry all those unmet needs or feelings or powerlessness forward, right, so that they have as much opportunity as possible to shift and move that so that they're then free to be who they need to be. And I had this um, incident, on an incident just this um, a few weeks ago, we were looking at old photos. We got out a hard drive. And so we were looking at like 20 years of photos of our kids when they were little. And so just my husband and I were looking at them and then we just went down this rabbit hole. We sat there for hours mm. looking at all these photos of our babies when they were little and just like, wow, gosh, that just feels like such a long time ago. And and looking at ourselves then and having lots of beautiful reflection of, oh my God, we were just so in survival then, weren't we? Like we had no idea what we were doing and, and just the growth and changes within us. And then, you know, one of my kids came in and they were like, oh my God. And then they're like calling, you know, come and look at this. And so, you know, we're there at like 1230 at night looking at all these photos down this beautiful rabbit hole. And um, it was amazing witnessing Like my youngest was sitting there going, God, when are we going to get to me? You guys had all this fun and I wasn't even made yet and we were having a laugh. She sat there and she literally looked incredibly left out. And I was like, I'm telling you, you're coming. Don't worry. Like you're almost you. But it was really interesting even watching her go, there's a whole life you guys had before me even, you know, existed. And then we got to this one spot, um, which was when my third child was born and there was photos of um, my middle daughter. So she was about four and a half, five. And she's looking at these photos and she said in that moment, she said, um, I remembered that time so clearly. She said that that had that time there stayed with me for a really really long time. And I said, "What do you mean?" And she said, "I felt so misplaced, and um, I carried that for a really really long time." So she's seventeen now, and um, she's been doing some hypnotherapy recently just to to move some stuff that's been really stuck for her. And she said that was such a big thing that turned up in hypnotherapy for for me, mum, of just this belief system that even though, you know, you guys were there and you held space for me and loved me that, you know, you didn't love me anymore because Tali came along. And, and so I was sitting there listening to her thinking, wow, you know, I've done so much listening to you over all these years. I have done so much um, holding and all the things that I, I feel like, you know, you can do to help children not carry stories or whatever. And as she's sitting there talking about it as a 17-year-old, she goes, you know, I, I see why that happened. And, and yeah, and then I, I really cleared that in, in hypnotherapy. It really helped me get in touch with that and move it. And I certainly don't feel any of that anymore. And, and I sat there and I just thought, wow, you know, this aware parenting thing is not a, a perfection thing that you do it all and then your kids have got no stories. But what I loved as I was listening to her talk about it was at 17, she was like, oh, that's something that holds me back. That's something that was still in there. I really want to work on that and move that. 
And I'm sitting there going, people in their 40s and 50s don't have the opportunity. They don't even know that they can do that. It's still running. That four-year-old who feels dejected because she had a little sister is still running the show many times. And I think in that moment, I thought, oh, God, yeah, again, this is what this is about. It's making it so safe and okay for feelings to move when they're ready to move, but just knowing that that's part of our process of that's what we can do. And um, it was a really beautiful moment to just sit there and reflect of her own autonomy to acknowledge the feelings that were there, to do the work in the way that really worked for her, to clear a story and pattern that she felt didn't, didn't serve her anymore. I, I was really just like, wow, this is what it is about on so many levels of trusting that timing, which we've talked about before, of them moving stories when they're ready, of how that's played out for her and the foundation of, of making it safe enough to continuously go, you know, where am I in this bigger picture of life? What still holds me? What do I need to let go of? How do I keep moving into being the best version of myself? So it was a really, it was a beautiful mm. reflection at midnight listening to her talk about that. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So I want to offer that in the sense of when we feel like maybe we're not doing a good enough job or we feel like I've left it too late. I just think there's always opportunity and it comes in many, many different ways for this healing and the, the changes that are possible to happen so that we don't have to keep, you know, creating again, this same world that's full of a lot of pain and, and wounding that we project. Mm, so yummy Lau. yummy yum do you know what i love as well you said about aware parenting it's not about some kind of idea of perfection uh as we were talking about this in the about aware parenting instructor mentoring course and we were talking about it yesterday how often um again to me i see that as part of the cultural conditioning that, that um, most of us grew up in the paradigm where you know there's a certain way to do things and if you don't do it that way you get a you get across and you're wrong and you should do it that way and um and i think often when people come to aware parenting and i know i certainly did when i in my first few years i brought the, of course because we live within this paradigm of believing that there you know there's a right way to do it and we have to do it that way and if we're not doing it that way we need to punish ourselves or feel shame or um, think that we're not doing it right and we talked a lot about and I, I love to go on about these things is that we are we're aiming to parent in a new paradigm way or we might even say it's an old you know very old paradigm way although I'm not sure about the listening to feelings part I'm not sure if that's ever been done before uh, in human history um, but we're doing that within that's when we're talking about parenting as activism, we are doing it within a uh, uh, domination colonized culture. I mean, most people listening to this podcast, because you speak English, it probably means you live in a, a colonized uh, or um, colonizer country. And that whole paradigm is based on the idea that, you know, we are inherently bad. We, um, we need to be taught to be helpful members of society. There is a certain way to do things. If we don't do it right, in inverted commas, there isn't a, a right and a wrong. If we don't do it, in inverted commas, right, we will get punished or we'll get marked. I mean, the whole point is it's not only parenting is activism. It's not only that we are supporting children to grow up in a way that is in a, is a new paradigm, but we're doing it from within the old paradigm, which requires us to also um shift our own um relationship to ourselves in all the ways that we so often talk about our core beliefs uh the ways we treat ourselves whether we're still 
punishing and rewarding ourselves you know i so often see parents doing this amazing all this stuff for their children meeting their needs and listening to their feelings and not using punishments and rewards and all of that stuff but of course still doing that internally because we internalize the culture that we grew up in so for me that's part of the parenting as activism it's not only supporting children um, as much as we possibly can to um to be part to 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 me, I see it's like to actually not fit into this culture. I mean, often people go, how are they going to fit in? Well, I, the way I see it, I don't want my children to fit into this culture. I want them to um, say, no, this culture is not working. The, the domination system does not work and I'm not willing to continue um, per perpetuating it. Um, so I think often people come in with this thing, I have to do it perfectly. And if my child has a repression mechanism, if they suck their thumb or if they hit or whatever that is, then they'll go on that you know i'm not doing it right and they'll punish themselves and they'll feel guilty and to me it's really having compassion for ourselves that we are literally in the domination paradigm aiming to parent in a completely new paradigm and inevitably that's going to be a really hard <laughs> b aware parenting in itself requires the new paradigm in order to be able to do it in an easy way so of course it's not going to be easy and we're still carrying a whole load of stuff we're going to pass stuff down we're not going to not pass anything down it's, that's not going to happen and i know it took me a few years to um to really get that for myself as a parent and to really come into that deep compassion that the wonderfulness is are we passing less down are we are our children freer from um uh, this cultural horrible cultural conditioning are they more able to be who they really are are they able to do like your daughter does and actually see oh my gosh this is you know this piece here i can work on it i can change it. i mean all these things we are not this isn't about being some idea of perfect that doesn't exist this isn't um punishing ourselves because we're not doing it in some kind of ideal way it's about changing it's being part of evolution it's actually part of changing consciousness i mean that is a profound and amazing thing to do so again coming back to on that day-to-day -day level if we are holding in mind that when we listen compassionately to our child when actually every part of us wants to react in the ways we were reacted to as children that if that's all we do that day that is a profound form of activism of social activism we are changing the paradigm in that one choice to listen rather than punish i mean just endless examples where we can look at our everyday parenting and just notice one thing that we did differently to the domination paradigm and celebrate ourselves for my god we are my goddess we are creating a new world we're co-creating a new world and wouldn't it be amazing rather than um, you know all the guilt and punishment all that stuff which is part of the old system we go well today I you know I listened while my child cried or I you know <laughs> I listened to myself while I cried whatever it is that is part of uh, parenting as activism that was magnificent Mary. oh thank you I was in the flow there wasn't I <laughs> <laughs> that was so I love good. it when that happens <laughs> that was so good and you know, as as I'm listening to you, I I think one of I mean, there's many many things I've learned in this parenting journey, but probably one that has been the most profound in shifting me is compassion. Is for myself, you know, is that exactly as you talked about there to no longer 
judge myself or say harsh words to myself, but to be deeply compassionate for the job I'm doing as a mum, for who I am as a wife, for who I am as a human, just all of it. Like compassion without doubt for me has been one of the greatest gifts I have given myself in the whole parenting journey without doubt. And, and I know you've talked about this before, you know, of your journey with guilt and just, you know, all the kind of stuff that you've had to work through and how you say you just don't, that doesn't even happen anymore. You just don't allow it in because it's so different now. And I feel a bit that way too around compassion that even if a tiny little voice pops in that says, Oh, that's not good enough. Or, you know, I'll just go, Oh no, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> you're, nope. You're not the truth. The truth is I'm enough no matter what I'm doing. And that how would compassion and kindness look for myself in these moments, particularly when it feels tricky or wobbly or whatever. And, um, that's what it looks like. And that, I think that is just one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves. I mean, there's so much juice in everything you just said there, Marion, but you know, for me, what stands out is part of my transformation as a mother is definitely compassion. Mm, I love that. So we could almost say the subtitle parenting as activism and in our reparenting as activism, because that's what that is, isn't it? We're replacing the voices that we internalize living in this culture and replace them with our true nature, which is love and compassion. That's like, if we, if we all lived in a, if a, a different paradigm, that is what we would have internalized the first time around. So again, amazing, isn't it? Amazing. To, and again, to know that these things which are perhaps not valued so much in this culture are profoundly transformative because how what an impact that has isn't it i know you know on your children for me on my children on everyone we interact with if we're not because we're also standing in that i think it's a powerful thing i know for me i remember um uh, um, the example that comes was when I was terrified to give birth before I got pregnant with my daughter and I you know, I went on all this synchronistic journey and went and trained in hypnobirthing and I remember, I still remember you, you know, those moments in life where there was a woman with her baby and she said I was terrified to give birth and after doing the hypnobirthing I came out and was completely trusting of my body and had a you know she had amazing birth and to actually see someone standing in that I knew it was possible and I think that happens you know the fact that I imagine that we can and I'm sure you hear people saying that that we can stand in this place and say you know for me I used to be full of guilt and self-judgment and now I don't I never feel guilty and my inner dialogue is deeply compassionate and for you to say you know similar things around compassion as as your mm. as your um default the fact that we can stand in that you know just shows that you know the the transformation that can happen is profound it's so easy and I I like every group I ever run like I have someone ask me did you like make like some mistakes when you were a mum I go oh my god do you want me to do a whole workshop on all the things that I did that I felt like I stuffed up like oh my god I used to yell and I used to hate mothering and you know there were so many years there that were full of pain and you know I was still a kind mother but I definitely wasn't loving it and I was definitely full of some harsh inner stuff going on and I definitely don't feel like I parented in the way I wanted to with my my older kids so yes I agree with everything you say it's it's powerful to see how that can transform and what is possible yes and I, I mean I'm very grateful for those experiences I think it keeps you incredibly humble and real and knowing what it's like and then knowing how you can transform it makes a huge difference you know so yeah and, and I think that you know we've talked about this many times before that we're parenting because I think it still is 
so foreign to so many people and you know because we are so conditioned you know in this culture of good and bad children and punishment and you have to deal with the consequences and all that kind of stuff and and to t- to really reshift all of those thinkings and and be there to hold space for feelings and emotions and using play for cooperation all that beautiful stuff that we talk about and those big questions that often come up is this going to work like what are they going to be like when they're teenagers and yeah, there feels something very profound and beautiful to have journeyed it long enough to see the outcome. And not just with me or with your kids, Marion, but with many of the people we've worked with in, in seeing the beauty and the transformation that happens with kids is, is incredible. So, yeah. They're lovely beings, aren't they? Every age, babies, toddlers, mm. toddlers mm. teenagers, preteens. It's like, yes. you know, we are amazing, gorgeous yes. beings. And when we, yes. when we, again, lift off that cultural conditioning of all the harsh stuff that, that there is in this culture around who we really are, it's mm. what a delight and a wonder, even, even in the challenging times. Yes, yes, totally, yes. Ah, oh, well, that feels pretty yes. beautiful. Just Nothing you know, moving moved. through, changing the world, <laughs> changing. So it literally is, isn't it? And I think it's helpful mm. to remember, especially at times where we may be tapping into powerlessness from unmet needs in the here and now, but also unmet needs for autonomy from the past. To actually connecting with where we are, actually, we do have power, and we are making a difference. I think can be because that's where our agency is. I think it can be really helpful to connecting so actually you usually say do you have a do you have a like an invitation i'm already thinking oh the invitation i would like to offer an invitation go for it is i would invite you to notice one thing that you have done today or if you're in the morning maybe at the end of your day today one thing that you have done where you have responded differently to your child if you're a parent um, than how you would have been responded to if you had done that and to see if you're willing to to really acknowledge that that makes a difference in the world that ripples out that one different response is making a difference and to see if you can feel that agency in your body mm, I love that um do what do, do I want to find I don't know well I was just like that's a good one <laughs> I just I, I I love that of seeing what's possible for change oh okay here's my one then what do you want it to look like you know I always love this what what do you want your family parenting relationship work whatever that is what do you want that to look like if we're looking around change and looking at bringing in a whole different way of being well sometimes it's really good to go well what is possible and what do I want that to look like so to you know we often talk about this of looking back to the past and seeing what needs healing how we transform that in the present and then what we want the potential the possibility to be so I guess that's what I would offer what what do you want that to look like whether that is your children your work your who you are yeah what is that where does that sit for you yeah Yes, I would like more and more and more and more kindness and healing and support for families so that we can change where the planet is. That's what I would like. Yippee. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for being here. It's so lovely to be back chatting again. We're going to have some more goodness that we're going to talk about. So thank you for listening and um, thank you for all those beautiful people that, um, you know, have shared and listened to our podcast over this last year and a bit. It's been really amazing how many people we've 
we've had the incredible fortune to reach and, you know, to, I guess, have these beautiful conversations with. So thank you to everybody for your support and for your sharing. Mm. Go gently. Yeah, so much love to you. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.